everyone. Thank you for joining this episode of Football's Law 18. This is the second episode of Season 2. I'm your host, Adam Alfie, and I come to you today on the 30th of August. And today we're going to talk about a few things in the Premier League, um, mainly focused at the end on the Manchester United-Tottenham match because of two things. I have a lot of Manchester United friends, and I'm a Tottenham fan, as everybody knows by now. If you don't know, now you know. Knowing is half the battle, as they say. So... Let's dive into it right away. A couple of really surprising results this week. We had Wolves versus Manchester City, and they drew 1-1. Watched the match, and I could tell you that Manchester City were very unlucky uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, Wolves' goal was a handball and should not have counted. Does this make the argument for VAR? A lot of people were going to start talking about that. I don't know. I love VAR. I think that VAR should come to the Premier League, and I think that in a situation like this, it would have helped because the goal was a handball. There's no doubt about it. The other thing was that Manchester City got a late goal around the 70th minute to tie it 1-1, but realistically, Manchester City just dominated the match. They had six shots on target versus two for Wolves. They had 74% possession. They had nine corner kicks. And it was just an onslaught for the majority of the match. 16 goal kicks for Wolves tells you that versus 16 for Wolves versus six for Manchester City tells you that there's just a lot of attacking, attacking, attacking. Um, And for the benefit of everybody else in the top six, Manchester City drops two points early in the season. But they're still Manchester City. Let's not forget about that. Bournemouth versus Everton was a 2-2 match. Again, a very, very entertaining match considering the fact that Everton went up 2-0. And Bournemouth were uh, able to come back uh, thanks to a Joshua King penalty and Ake's uh, goal in the 79th minute. And with the exception of the offsides, um, five uh, being um, to Bournemouth versus none for Everton, uh, the shots were five to three. Uh, possession was fifty-eight to forty-eight. Uh, fouls were ten to twelve. Goal kicks were ten to nine. So it was a very, very even match. So I think that the two-two result was a very, very fair result there. London derby, West Ham versus Arsenal. Um, I had high hopes for West Ham this season. I really thought that they were gonna at least try to show up. But they put themselves in a really, really big hole at this point. West Ham are bottom of the league after three matches with no points. This game um, was a very good game. Uh, 60% possession for Arsenal, and I think that they uh, they really controlled the match for the most part on it. 3-1 was the fair result. Um, goals from Monreal, an own goal from Diop, and Welbeck uh, scores for Arsenal. Uh, Arnaltovich uh, scores for West Ham, but I think that, you know, they didn't really capitalize because West Ham scored early and they th- you thought that this was going to be the opportunity for them to press and they got pushed back. Credit to Arsenal. They did what they had to do to get the three points. Comfortable, easy win at the end. Huddersfield, Town, Cardiff, 0-0. Move on. Southampton, Leicester. That was also an entertaining match considering the fact that Leicester went down from a uh, Bernard... Um, Goal in the 52nd minute. Uh, Damari Gray and Harry Maguire, uh, the uh, <laughs> dubbed English hero in the World Cup, uh, had a really good World Cup and had a really good game here. Saves 
uh, Leicester, and they come out with a win 2-2. Stats were pretty good for that game, um, 52-48, to so it was an evenly matched possession match. Shots on target were 5-5, to so, you know, 2-1 basically just tells me that Le- Leicester was able to squeak it out. The next match uh, on the docket was Liverpool-Brighton, and Brighton, I have to say, played a really, really good match, although I think that Liverpool could have been up more than 1-0. During this match, uh, Egyptian King Mohamed Salah scores it from a really nice pass from Firmino uh, in the 23rd minute. And Liverpool, um, by with that win, go top of the table. On Sunday, we had Watford versus Crystal Palace. And it was a very, very entertaining game considering the fact that it was Watford versus Crystal Palace. And even though Watford are outside of London in the north, I still consider them kind of a London team. So there might be so there was might have been something brewing there. So, you know, considering them sort of a London team, here we go. 2-1 for Watford. Very, very good result. And Watford are on a roll. They won their first three. They're nine points. They're joint leaders on the top. Um, but for goal difference. And I thought Crystal Palace had some heart in this match. I thought they really played. And when Wilfred Zaha scored in the 78th minute to make it 2-1, I really thought that they were going to try to press and get that that second goal. And they almost have with a missed header at the end of the match. Um, That could have made it 2-2. But unfortunately, we come out 2-1 and Watford are the better for, for, for this result. Next match was Fulham versus Burnley, and this one, from a <laughs> from a, a fantasy perspective, was good for me because I have Mitrovic uh, on my team, and he scored two goals, very very good two goals. Um, but um, but Burnley tried. Burnley really made an effort out of it. Uh, his first half was uh, was three two for Fulham. Very very entertaining first half uh, between in the first. 41 minutes. I mean, 41 minutes. He had five goals in the match. That 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 was entertainment there. So you got your value for your buck. Uh, Fulham adds uh, a fourth and 83rd minute via Andre Sherla, and there you go, 4-2. Last match of that day was uh, Sunday, ja- uh, Newcastle versus Chelsea, and you know Chelsea have had issues over the last few years going up to Newcastle and actually playing and trying to get a result. Uh, before this win, they played four and they've only uh, well, they played four and they dropped points in all four, losing three and drawing one. So this was uh, sort of a, a banana slip uh, game for them. And they almost slipped. Um, they scored a penalty from Eden Hazard in the 73rd, uh, 76th minute. Newcastle ended up coming back and, and getting that 1-1 result in the 83rd minute. And everybody thinks that one of two things is going to happen. Either Chelsea are going to go full press like they usually do to try to get the second or Newcastle is going to try to ride it out. And Newcastle almost had this result in the bag if it wasn't for an unfortunate, really, really unfortunate own goal by DeAndre Edlin in the 87th minute. Chelsea take it to one. Now, let's talk about the game of the week. Manchester United versus Tottenham. There's a lot to talk about here, and I'll tell you my personal emotions in this, and I'll, I'll tell you how I was feeling and, and watching the match, what changed, and, and, and how this result really means to the team uh, and the organization, actually on both ends. And if you're a Manchester United fan listening to this after that, I would love your comments on Twitter. Tweet me at, at Adam Alfie. Um, we can get a, a really lively debate going um, because I have some ideas and thoughts uh, of what's going to happen with Manchester United, and it's really not good. 
Uh, Manchester United during the game had the upper hand in the first half an hour. There was absolutely no discussion. There was absolutely no confusion that this was Manchester United's match in the first half hour. What happened in the second half, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was a team talk for Spurs uh, at halftime that kind of changed the way they came out. But it looked like after the f- first half hour, I realized two things from Manchester United. I realized that I don't think that their fitness level was the same as Spurs. I think that Spurs were able to weather the first half hour and then fitness started showing up. I don't know what's wrong with Lukaku. I don't know what's wrong with Pogba. They're not really playing well at all. Lukaku in the first half missed an open netter. That's very un-Lukaku-like. But there's also a video that's circulating of him warming up before the match and the miss that he had before the match. And I'll see if I could link it somewhere. But the miss that he had before the match while he was warming up was just as bad. Just as bad. So from that standpoint... There's just something really, really off and really, really not clicking with Manchester United. And I don't think it was the manager. I'll get into that. I'll get into that after, after you know, we talk about the match. But Harry Kane scores in the 50th minute. Lucas Moura, who has been a star so far in the first three matches, four goals from the first three matches, by the way, for Lucas Moura, leading scorer of the Premier League at the moment. And then he scores again in the 84th minute. But what happens in the second half is something very interesting. So let's break down the first two goals come in, 50th and 52nd minute. It, I, I don't want to say it was coming. It, was, it came at a weird time where Manchester United were about to maybe do something and Spurs just killed that. And then Spurs controlled the match from there. What happens also is the substitutions don't make any sense. If you're down 2 nothing and you're trying to make a run, you bring a forward. You don't bring Fellaini. I don't know Marwan Fellaini's uh, reason for coming on. It just didn't make any sense for me. The other thing that I notice is that Mourinho in some big matches tries to, you know, come up with some, uh, some surprise or two. His biggest surprise in this one for me was Andre Herrera playing at a center back. And he just looked a little bit off. As a matter of fact, I think he was um, he was responsible for the second goal uh, for not being not being able to move up with the offside line with the rest of the the back line and playing in a back three against a Spurs team, and then you have your center center back basically not a center back, not a defender, maybe a defensive midfielder, but not a defender, putting him in the center against a Spurs team who's very, very organized, playing very well, gelling, clicking on all fronts, was a big mistake. So you chalk this up, you chalk this loss up, if you're if you're really an objective uh, person analyzing the game, you chalk this result up to Mourinho got it wrong. But there's something really, really deeper at Manchester United that's a bigger problem than Mourinho got it wrong. And that is the culture has become very poisonous. United are in a really, really bad situation where if they get rid of him, who can they go get? And don't tell me, Mopo, uh, Manchester United fans, it's not going to happen this year. It Could it happen the next year? Could it happen the year after? Maybe, maybe. But it's not going to happen this year. So if you, the guy that you want 
is not going to happen this year. You're really in a bad situation because Manchester United are a big team. Manchester United are not going to have a mid-level manager for a season. They're just not going to accept it. And then go hire somebody uh, next year that, that may be available. There are a couple of things that could happen here. Uh, first of all, you know, a year or a season is a lot of time. And who knows? Spurs may have a fantastic season this year. Manchester United may not. And Mopo is really happy where he is at Spurs. He doesn't want to move. You lost your opportunity to get him. The other thing is you're not going to get Mopo right now for a few reasons. He just signed a five-year contract over the summer. It's going to cost Manchester United, first of all, dealing with Levy? Come on. It's going to cost Manchester United a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money just to get a manager that may come in and say, okay, in addition to the money that you spent on me, and in addition to the money that you spent over the last three, four years with um, Mourinho and Pryor, I'm going to want additional money too. You, man, It's just, it's a different circumstance. Manchester United are not Spurs. What he's done with Spurs is fantastic, but can it be replicated with Manchester United? I don't know. I don't know. And plus, there's just a different culture and different mentality with Manchester United than with Spurs, where Spurs are very, very happy. We're very happy with the top four, and if we can make a run, that's great. And over the next couple of years, I do expect the trophy, and we're good to go. Manchester United, you have to win coming in all the time. And and what's confusing to me, and I understand that Mourinho is having a really, really bad season. There's no dis, there's no disguising that, right? But if you look at Manchester United and how they've done in the last three years under Mourinho, it it's not that bad, is it? Right? Like re, like let's just review. Yeah, okay, you're 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 having a bad season now, but with Manchester United, he's won the League Cup. He's won the Charity Cup, the Charity Shield. And he's won the Europa League. And he's got you back into uh, the, the Champions League. And you're performing there at a decent level. Last year, you got knocked out, but you went into the Europa League. Or the year before, you went into the Europa League with no Champions League. And you won it. And he brought you back in. Three trophies <clears throat> in three seasons. Isn't that enough? Three trophies in three seasons. Why wouldn't that be enough? Why wouldn't you give the opportunity for him to try and figure it out again next year? It just doesn't make sense to me that you're trigger happy. If you if it's if it's about trophies for you and if it's about winning mentality, three trophies in three years is really not that bad. You give three trophies in three years to almost any team on the on this planet. And I'll even, you know what, not even almost. I'll tell you, three trophies in three years to any team on this planet, including the Barcelonas and the Real Madrids out there. Three trophies in three seasons. It's not bad. Now, his rant about he demands respect, he demands respect. Uh, listen, you have to take it on the chin, Jose. Um, you got outmatched. You're having a bad season. Just, just take it as it is in the first season. Don't demand respect. Answer the question. Say, we didn't get it right. Admit it and move on. I think people would have respected him if he would have came out like that, with the exception of, you know, the whole rant that he did. That kind of put him in a really bad light. I do think that Manchester United are going to right the ship if they keep 
hold of Mourinho, and if this negativity that is surrounding him eases up a bit. You have people like Ryan Giggs. You have people like um, Paul Scholes. You have people just coming out and really pleading with the fans out there to say, please, please, please back the team and back the manager. I'm telling you as a Spurs fan, yeah, Manchester United got it wrong. And Manchester United lost handily. But back the guy. It's tough being a Manchester United player. uh, manager, you're following huge footsteps, not as of late, but it's, it's really hard to find the Ferguson. It's really hard to find uh, a, a Wagner. It's really hard to find that manager that will, will create the dynasty. This guy may not be it, but the way you're treating him is going to make everybody else look at that job a little unfavorably knowing that the pressure is on. How many people could withstand that pressure? I don't know. Maybe a Zidane? Maybe. Because right now, I maybe uh, a Wagner. Um, you go out and get him. But the way, the way Manchester United sometimes treats managers post-Alex Ferguson is a little bit, a bit, tro- it's a little bit tro- uh, uh, troubling and tough. Uh, just give him, give him a little bit of a break. I do think that if they hold on to him, and I do think that if if things just settle down at Manchester United, this season won't be that bad. But if this continues, I don't see him going past Christmas. The way that the media is attacking him, and, and it, it affects the rest of the team. It really does. You could tell by the performance. Uh, Burnley, you're going to have to win. Manchester United, you're going to have to win. There's no discussion about that. If you lose against Burnley, two things are going to happen. A, I think he does get fired. And if Manchester United loses against Burnley, I do think that the team is going to implode. I am not a firm believer that Pogba is a player of the caliber to be a Manchester United teammate. I think that he's a fantastic talent. But there's a reason why Sir Alex Ferguson got rid of him. Despite his talent. Because when you're forming a team, it's not about the talent that you have on the team. But you also have to consider the personalities because you're managing 11 men. And sometimes on a bigger scale, you're managing 25 men with 25 different personalities. And all it takes is one cancer to come in. Pogba got tossed by Alex Ferguson for a reason. He was brought back. Alexis Sanchez was a cancer at the Arsenal locker room. Manchester United brought him in for an insane amount of weekly wages. Cancer. You got to get rid of your cancerous players. You got to get rid of your, 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 your dead wood that's causing you issues, Manchester United. You got to keep the people that want to be there, want to believe in whatever the manager's philosophy is, and want to create something. I don't see that in Manchester United. And that's the difference between a Tottenham and a Manchester United, in my opinion. Tottenham players are playing for each other. Manchester United players are playing for themselves. I'll leave you with that. Thank you for joining again. Hit me up with any comments. 
Twitter at Adam Alfie. Would love to start an engaging conversation with anybody out there. And let's talk about this. And I'll see you next week after the matches.